your fantasy a reality. With the help of the crew over at Fantasy Insider and the boys at Woot and Y. This is DFS Down Under. Welcome to the first episode of DFS Down Under Playoff Edition as we enter Wild Card Weekend. Joining me always from DFS Down Under and Fantasy Insider is Daryl Data, and you can go to Fantasy Insider for the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. Daryl, how are we? Yeah, good. Um, interesting start to the new year. I'm just down in Melbourne sorting out a few things here, and yeah, hectic start, but looking forward to the games this weekend. Yeah, definitely, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit of strategy with a smaller, uh, obviously only four games as opposed to 17 or 12 when we have bye weeks and things like that. Um, so the strategy yeah. does change. How did you uh, fare in week 17, the the sort of the pre-season-esque edition of the regular season? Yeah, I had some decent results on the, on the betting side. I didn't do too much on the fantasy. I wasn't kind of up to staying up till 4 a.m. on New Year's Day morning, personally. Um, but I know, I, I know a few people who did, and I think everyone had pretty good results if you were around. Um, how did you go? Yeah, I uh, managed to uh, finish in the uh, top 10 in the uh, Moneyball uh, $15, the, the $5,000 prize pool there. So I cashed in um, around, I think it was about 100 bucks, um, and then a couple of other lineups did all right. So the the Rivers Keenan Allen stack was, was really helpful, and Dion Lewis, again, um, was absolutely massive. T.Y. Hilton let me down, and Marquise Goodwin, after scoring, um, ended up uh, leaving with an injury, which really limited my potential there. Um, and I unfortunately went with Jesse James over uh, Jack Doyle at tight end because I didn't want to go too Colts heavy. Um, otherwise, that yeah. could have been the difference between me winning the, the whole entire tournament. But still, I really uh, I, I cashed in multiple lineups, but that was my my big win there. Um, so no Rivers and Allen this week, which upsets me a little bit based off the results. But um, there's some good matchups here. Um, just looking at the slate as a whole, I'd be surprised if any of the teams, uh, the upsets, sort of the underdogs win. The only one I could see is maybe the Falcons winning. So, um, but in saying that, I do don't I don't think all of them will cover the spread. So there may be some value in an underdog if you um, are on that same page. But how do you normally approach uh, this type of sample where there is only four games? Yeah, so it's an interesting one. Like I was looking at the spreads earlier. I think pretty much over a touchdown favourites, everyone apart from the Rams game, right? Um, yep. And that Jags game is their eight and a half point favourites over Buffalo. That's a 39 and a half total. So you're not expecting Buffalo to score much in that one. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is a weird one because if these tournaments were $15,000, $20,000, there were reasonable numbers of entries, I'd be probably putting in a lot of underdog-based teams because if you stack one of the underdogs and they win, or even they're in a high-scoring um, kind Lost. of close match, yeah. yeah, you're in kind of a pretty good situation. You've probably only got 1%, 2% of the field with those kind of stacks. But the tournament, for, what is it, I think 5,000 at Draft Stars and 1,000 at Moneyball, yes. those four game yep. stacks. And you could, I, I just think you can probably win those with chalk almost. Um, yep. So it creates a bit of a... Yeah, it's a bit disappointing from that perspective and obviously takes a bit of the strategy out of it, I think. Yeah, exactly. And looking at my plays this week, I found myself just picking a lot of the players that are on those favoured teams um, just because I, I do like the match and that's kind of the reason why I also like those those certain teams to win 
um, and in some cases cover the spread. Yeah, um, I have I haven't looked through it, and I yeah I end up with a lot of players from those teams. I mean, there's arguments for a few um, Hoot and Julio Jones, Julio Jones will come to in the uh, yep. wide receiver position. Um, that's a high total game. Falcons expect to keep it reasonably close, five and a half point favourites the Rams. So yeah, I can certainly have Julio, but yeah, otherwise you're picking a lot of people from the favourites for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get straight into it. And at the quarterback position. Uh, this week, I really like Alex Smith against the Titans. As you said, um, I think they're eight and a half or eight point favorites at home against the Titans. So Smith, you know, finally had his first 4,000 yard passing season. He led the NFL in passer rating with 104.7. Um, he also has some rushing value more than sort of the other ones outside of Tyrod Taylor. Um, so you can also factor that in a little bit. And he's had a few big playoff games. Um, including one in, in a loss in the wild card where he had 378 yards and four touchdowns um, against my Colts. So um, despite the stigma around his name, he's actually been a quite a uh, solid performer in terms of output and yardage um, in the playoffs. So I, I like Alex Smith. Yeah, I don't mind him. I think he's probably a decent player at both sides. I think he comes up in the cruncher more money ball. Um, draft stars, interestingly, I think, Every quarterback, but, well, so six out of the eight quarterbacks are basically $780 a point. So yep. you basically can pick whoever you want there. So the crunch tends to favor kind of the high scores. Um, you've got a couple ahead of them. Um, but yeah, I don't mind Alex Smith. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, and uh, I just trust their offense a little bit more than, say, like a, a Cam Newton um, or a Matt Ryan. The Falcons have sort of been up and down and inconsistent at times, whereas... Over the last month, the Chiefs have been a far more consistent uh, team offensively. The other one I, I like is Drew Brees. Um, so his his stats in the playoffs uh, are amazing. He, uh, no quarterback in the Super Bowl era has averaged more passing yards in the playoffs than Drew Brees. He averages 321.3 yards per game. And in home playoff games with the Saints, he's 4-0, undefeated, and he has a touchdown. He has 10 touchdowns and zero picks. Um, he's also owned... Um, the Panthers have the last four starts. I think he has only he has 13 touchdowns. Uh, the last five games, sorry, 13 touchdowns and three interceptions against the Panthers. So he 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 knows his Panthers defense and, and knows how to shred them. Yeah, and he's one that comes up. He's the number two ranked quarterback for us um, on both sides. Cam Newton being number one. Um, obviously, we talked as you mentioned, kind of a bit more risk attached to him, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I have no objection to Drew Brees. I think he's an interesting pick. Saints are seven point favourites. It's a forty seven and a half point total. Expect him to um, get his points. Yeah, definitely. And he is, you know, two hundred dollars cheaper than than Newton, and and four hundred cheaper than Goff at Moneyball. Uh, is the crunch just projecting a lot of rushing yards from Newton? Is that why his name is coming out a lot? Yeah, it tends to like the kind of alternative ways of scoring. Um, so that certainly pushes him up there. But yeah, he's projected, and he's projected 19.5 to Breeze. He's projected 18.9. Um, Newton, $792 a point. Breeze is $788 a point. So it's just, you can basically if, uh, pick one, pick one of the two. Yep. Uh, what else did the Cruncher uh, like in some lineups this week? Um, as I say, draft size, it's but a pretty wide spread. I mean, all of those six quarterbacks who are $780 a point come out at different points. So yep. the easiest thing to say there is basically avoid Matt Ryan and avoid Marcus Mariota. Um, I think everybody else is kind of viable. Um, on the Moneyball side, it likes Ken Newton, um, and then Drew Brees, Alex Smith in that order. I think Newton's still a fish 
potentially questionable at the time we're recording this, but I'm sure he's going to play. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely uh, play. So, yeah, I think those two options for me. Um, if LaShawn McCoy is out, I think Tyrod could be interesting because I can feel like he may run the ball a lot more because they just don't have any other running backs. Um, Mike Tolbert would be their starting running back. Um, so maybe we could see Tyrod run the ball a lot more. So I might throw him in one lineup as sort of a, a contrarian or a, a pod play. Yep, it sounds viable. I, I, why do you know why that total is 39.5? There's no weather or anything in that game, right? Uh, there is some weather forming, uh, apparently up north in the Patriots sort of area in, in New England. They're expecting right. a, a sort of cyclonic type uh, snowstorm, but apparently a lot of that is, is getting some wind and some weather possibly down in, in Florida. So that could be the reason for that. And I think part of the reason is just that Buffalo is a low-scoring team and, and, the, and the Jags' defense is... So good, but I can just possibly see Tyrod, you know, maybe running one in and, and picking up sort of 60, 70 yards on the ground potentially. Yeah, and if he does that, I mean, he's, he's a good pick, right? Yeah. I mean, you get a rushing touchdown, you get the yards for you. I, if, he, if you think he's going to do that, I think he's a, certainly a good point of different pick. Yep. Uh, moving on to the running back position, uh, I think Todd Gurley's just too hard to ignore. I know he is incredibly pricey. Um, especially at draft stars, he's you know three thousand one hundred dollars dearer than the next guy, um, and then yeah. even at Moneyball as well, he's um, he's the second price pick. But there's a big gap between Kamara and Gurley, and the next next guy. But um, I do think at, at Moneyball, he's definitely a, a play. Um, but he enters the wild card weekend on fresh legs after being rested in week seventeen, and, and he faces a Falcon defense that's allowed league highs in running back receptions in back-to-back years, and we know that Gurley is a dual-threat running back in terms of on the ground and through the air. He's done a lot of damage um, in terms of catches throughout the season. He's finished with 788 receiving yards um, and 64 catches, which is pretty crazy. That's like wide receiver two quite type numbers in, on some teams, so I definitely think he could have a, uh, a big game for the Rams. Yeah, and like you say, he's we, going to get the point. It's just case whether he gets enough points to uh, make his cost worthwhile. Uh, I certainly like him at Moneyball. He turns up in pretty much all of our lineups there. Draft stars, he shows up in like two of our top four, but misses out on the optimal one. And that's, as you say, just because of that price difference. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he's going to get the point. Certainly if you're playing a cash game this weekend, I'd have him in it for sure. Yeah. Um, Tournaments, yeah, I think you can sort of have him and not have him if you're entering sort of four or five lineup. Yep. <laughs> so, my last two your kind of bases there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, my last two plays at running back are just because I expect just so much volume from them both. So Leonard Fournette against the Bills, um, he's just going to be a use, usage monster here. And as you said, they're, they're close to double-digit favorites. Um, and the Bills' rushing defense has been one of the worst in the league since they traded Marcel Darius. Um, and coincidentally to the Jags. So it's kind of a weird game where Marcel Darius is could be like a, a difference maker, whereas if, if the Bills had Darius, it could be a, a an avoid matchup for Fournette because he's just so damn good against the run. Um, but the Jags, uh, the, the Bills now rank 31st in rushing DVOA defense, and I just think Fournette's going to get the ball um, probably 30 times because they just don't want to... Blake Bortles throwing the ball so much against a, a, a pretty good secondary and they don't want him to sort of crap the bed like we've seen um, in the last two weeks. So the, the less Blake Bortles throws, the better for the Bill, uh, for the Jags. So I think Fournette 
is going to run the ball. And then I also like Derek Henry, DeMarco Murray ruled out today. The Chiefs, um, the, the Bills are 31st in rushing D, DVOA defense. The Chiefs, they're 32nd in rushing DVOA defense. And I expect Derek Henry to be handed the ball nearly 30 times. Um, they ran the ball 39 times last week. So I do expect both these guys to get plenty of volume and plenty of touches. Yeah, so we ran these last night, so um, Derek Henry wouldn't have had his upgraded usage. We had him projected, I think, for 11, um, with Murray projected for 9 or something like that. So he will get bumped up a bit in the later update. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't have much too much to say about for now. I think he's a really good pick. Um, I can't really argue. He shows up in our lineups of draft stars. He shows up in our lineups of Moneyball. We've got him projected for kind of 17 to 20. Yep. Um, the early for reference is projected at 22. So, yeah. I think he's an obvious pick this week, and it may well show in his ownership numbers. Yeah, and I think he's a good price. He, he seems to not be overpriced at any of the two as well, so I do think you're yep. getting, um, and he comes up in the cruncher a bit with that dollar per point metric as well. Um, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the cruncher spits out now that uh, DeMarco's been ruled out. It was kind of around sort of 11 or 12 today, so kind of slid under the radar with some other news brewing about the Patriots and the division between Belichick and Brady and... Um, obviously, that uh, generated a lot more uh, interest. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, but before we do that, I just want to mention um, that there's probably no better time than now to, to hit up the Fantasy Insider lineup cruncher. Um, you know, the cruncher, you can build up to 40 lineups with one button. That's 40 instant lineups you can enter and win cash with a few clicks. But the Fantasy Insider premium account, you can access over 15 other features. So go premium today at fantasyinsider.com.au slash wootwire. That's fantasyinsider.com.au com.au slash wootwire, the fantasy insider lineup cruncher. It's the best tool in the business, so get it for the playoffs, get it for Big Bash and NBA. Um, it's a great time for DFS right now. Uh, wide receiver, Michael Thomas is probably my best play this week. Um, he's played Carolina four times now, scored a touchdown in three of those games. He's also had between 68 and 87 yards in each of those games, so he's providing a solid floor of points against the Panthers. And the Panthers, they rank 19th versus wide receiver ones this year. Yeah, so wide receiver is interesting because I think we've gone a bit of different ways. Um, Thomas Floydsworth, we've got projected at 17.7. Um, so, yeah, decent projection, certainly up there, but he's obviously one of the most expensive of the week yeah. as well. Um, $940 a point versus, for example, Tariq Hill's 880 and you've got some kind of cheaper plays down there as well. Um, so, yeah, I... I think he's a good premium play if you can afford him. Um, I think the cruncher, and he certainly is an RT money ball, but I think it drives out the cruncher seems to go very bit in way. Yep. Um, I am also going with Cooper Cup this week against the Falcons. So Goff's passer rating when targeting Cup is 113.6. I think that's fifth in the entire NFL in terms of quarterback wide receiver duos. Um, and quarterbacks have a rating of 106.5 when they target the Atlanta slot corner, Brian Poole, in coverage. Poole's allowed 84.4% of passes thrown in his coverage to be caught this year, which is easily the most among qualifying corners. And I do think Cup um, can exploit that matchup and uh, have a good uh, have a good game here. Um, you just got to be wary. He will drop one or two and give you some some nightmares and some panic. But he's 11,050 at uh, Draft Stars and 6,600 at Moneyball. Yeah, so we've probably projected kind of in the 9 to 11, 9 to 12 kind of range. Uh, and I think, but 
for me, I think there's better options kind of on the price, on the dollars per point basis. Um, so, yeah, he's not one that makes my team. But, yeah, an interesting kind of pick nonetheless. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Tyreek Hill before. I do like him this week. Um, the Titans are ranked last against short passes. So this could be a week for, you know, Hill to eat up underneath and in the slot and, and run after the catch. Um, my question is to you, um, because I'm going to do a bit of a spoiler alert, I'm going to I'm gonna name Travis Kelsey as my tight end, but um, can you double stack <laughs> Kelsey and Tyreek with, with Alex Hill, uh, Alex Hill, Alex Smith in a game where the total is only 44.5? And if you listen to the punt return yesterday, um, I tipped the under as a play here potentially. So I am worried about limiting my sort of point share and potential and ceiling. Um, so I just, yes, you can. I think the slate's small enough that you can do it. Um, and certainly if the math adds up, it's kind of a good way to do it. And as I was saying, with the tournaments being kind of on the smaller side, whilst that makes kind of stacking underdogs a bit less interesting, it does mean that, for example, you can sort of have two ways to score touchdowns in a game and not necessarily um, kind of put yourself out of contention. Um, so although they'll take touchdowns away from each other from, mm. to some extent. Um, I think you can potentially kind of cover both with the way the stacks are. And yes, the total is 44 and a half, but I mean, on that total and that spread, Kansas City are projected for what, 26 points, is that? 26-18 or something like that, I yeah. think it comes out as a final score. So 26 points is still probably a three-touchdown opportunity. Yep. Um, I certainly have no objection to having them both in the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, our last play is Alan Hearns. So... Bill slot corner Leonard Johnson was the most beatable member of, of Buffalo's secondary, and Alan Hearns ran, ran 97% of his Week 17 routes in the slot. Um, so it's purely a matchup play on whether that happens. Um, if Keelan Cole is, is more in the slot, then he could be the matchup there. It's just sort of projecting who you think will um, match up more with Leonard Johnson or what the Bills will do, but who knows what, what that's going to happen until we actually see the game. But um, I think Alan Hearns could be a... A sort of a sleeper and a contrarian play um, this week. He's 9,250 on Draft Stars and he is 5,400 on Moneyball. Uh, yes, I think he's definitely a sleeper. He's definitely a contrarian play. If it works out, it will be a good one. Um, we've got him projected six to eight points. Um, I think you kind of pay your money, take your chances. Um, if you think that matchup is going to work out well, then it's certainly one that you can look at. But yeah, yeah not really for me, I don't think. Yep. Uh, what else did the uh, cruncher like at wide receiver? Um, so the cruncher's got a lot, an awful lot of um, Julio Jones, um, Westbrook from the Jags team um, on the draft side side. Um, Benjamin and Davis can be the other two going to be looking there. Um, Thomas and Jones, I think you can fit in the same team, perhaps at Moneyball. Um, and yep. also Matthews, Hill, Westbrook again, kind of a few names that come up. On the wide receiver position. Yeah, I don't mind Matthews as well this week. Um, I also like Delaney Walker. I will get to tight end in a second, but I think one of those two guys may be in a few of my lineups. Um, I do think the Titans, they are down late. We'll be uh, trying to get some points and, and some passing, so that could be an option to go there. Uh, I did say Kelsey was my number one right. tight end. Um, easily the best tight end in action this week. He's playing against a defense that's actually ranked the lowest um, against tight ends in, in, in the whole playoff field in, in terms of 24th. I do think he is the consensus play this week at tight end. Yep, no objection. <laughs> yep. Um, he comes up in probably, we've probably got 50% exposure to him in our lineup. Um, and then you kind of throw in a few other names around there. But yeah, I think he'll be the consensus play, and I think you'll see that reflected in his ownership. 
Yeah, I feel like his ownership will be what in the eighties to ninety percent, probably. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy um, high. Yeah, so small slate, as you say, very few options at tight end. He's massively the consensus option. So, yeah, um, have a couple of lineups without him would be my advice if you're multi entering. Just um, so if he does have a terrible game, you're um, in a good position. Yeah, uh, well, you mentioned a few others that, that shot out at the tight end. I also have Delaney Walker. I just think it, the other two that come down are Walker or Greg Olson for me. I'd probably roll with Walker, who's led the Titans in targets, receptions, and receiving yards this year. Um, I try to look at maybe Mercedes Lewis. I'm just trying to work out where the Jags are going to score points. Obviously, their team total is quite high, given that they are a big favorite, um, but it's hard to... Obviously, Leonard Fournette's probably going to score some of those points, but they need to score somewhere else. Maybe it is the defense, um, and they are a, a good play on defense, but maybe Mercedes Lewis is a name. I'm not sure what the cruncher prefers at tight end. Uh, what did it shoot out? Um, so, yeah, Delaney Walker comes out as an option at Moneyball, um, and then um, Charles Clay is the other option that the cruncher quite likes at draft stars and Moneyball. Um, I think he was limited in practice Wednesday, but assuming that he kind of suits up, I think he's one of the cruncher quite likes. Yeah, uh, Clay. Yeah, I think Clay was will play from what I read today. Um, so, yeah, they they really lack receiving weapons, Buffalo. So out of necessity, um, Clay could definitely be uh, the guy. Uh, defense. I mentioned Jags, uh, given they are the biggest favorite and the their opponent has the smallest impl- implied total. It makes sense to to play them, especially if yep. if Lashawn McCoy is out. Yeah, I say I think they'll be very. Strong play just because, as you say, um, the total in that game is going to make people kind of immediately get drawn to them. Um, and I think the prices are reasonable, so I think you can easily play the Jags on both platforms. If you're not playing the Jags, uh, where where else are you looking? Um, all over the place, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bit of a lottery behind the Jags. Yeah, it is. Um, like, I mean, you could say. You can certainly make an argument for the Bills, I think, even in that kind of, uh, even though they are sort of nine-point underdogs, but just because of the low total in that game. Um, you can even make kind of an argument for the Falcons, I think, uh, on kind of the dollars-per-point basis. Mm. Um, yeah, as you say, you can pretty much go anywhere. Saints come out like Moneyball, Panthers come out a bit at draft size. So, yeah, I think once you get past the Jaguars, you're... Um, in a bit of a lottery situation yeah. and just as always take enough make sure you're getting your exposure across a few of them yep uh, the Chiefs are my other option um, they've been leaky at times but they've generated now 12 turnovers in their last four games after only ge- only generating 14 in their previous 12 um, so it's it's translated in a good run of sort of unders play as, as well so lower sort of score totals as well um, and, I know, and I do think uh, it was reported today that Tyreek Hill will um, have an increased role on special teams. So if he is getting the ball mm. on a punt or kick return, he is always, always a danger to to take one to the house. Um, so I do think that that it could be an avenue that uh, someone looks at um, as a as a way for them to to score points. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's, sort of, it's a good rationale, and I hadn't heard that take here on news, but it makes sense. Um, you might want your kind of difference making players out as much as possible, especially in the playoffs. So. Um, yeah, interesting situation there, and it could be a good point of difference. I don't think they'll be too highly owned, but who knows? Yep. Uh, any final thoughts or, or nuggets of information uh, on 
sort of playoff d- DFS and, and this week's uh, slate? Um, so as a playoff DFS, like the kind of strategy um, implications are nullified a bit just by the size of the tournament. Um, I think there might be some more interesting stuff to discuss there, particularly as we get close, kind of close to the championship games and the Super Bowl when you're kind of in those one and two game slates. Um, where being different might matter more, uh, and the tournaments might even be around the same size, a little bit bigger. Um, I guess the only other thing I'd note this week is that I think people might be put off going for Jags defensive players by that kind of 39.5 point total, but that, that's 8.5 point favourites in that still means they're expected to score 24.5 yep. points, which is I think the third most this week. So, um, I think that you might see some Jags players, um, under owned, and that might open up some opportunities. Yeah, definitely, and that's kind of why I went Alan Hearns as one of my receivers as a as a point of difference. I'm definitely looking at Keelan Cole or, or D.D. Westbrook as well. I do think uh, one of those three guys, I think Marquise Lee is probably not going to play, um, so that opens it up there for for those uh, three guys there, um, or potentially Mercedes Lewis if you want to go down that route again. I had, I've had success with him once this year, so maybe I could... Uh, uh, channel that energy for one last hurrah here uh, in the wild card weekend. It is wild card weekend, so you know you've got to be a little bit wild and and, and walk on the wild side, I, I guess. <laughs> yep. yep. Yep, indeed. And it's what eight thirty a.m. on a Sunday, so yeah. So That's make sure nice you, to be watching. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you don't uh, forget that and set your lineups here um, if you're listening uh, here on Friday night or Saturday. Um, get those lineups done today or first thing on Sunday morning so you don't miss out on all of those slates. But uh, they are there are some slates where they're split into two-game sample sizes, and uh, that's when you kind of need to start getting a little bit different, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, you do. Again, it's kind of, there's always kind of a relationship like, between the tournament size and the size of the slate as to kind of how different you need to go. Um, what are those, are those single-game ones? Five hundred dollars tournaments, or so the two game ones, five hundred dollars tournaments. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They're they're yeah five hundred dollar tournaments on on Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think DraftStars had individual breakdowns last time I checked. Um, so yeah, five hundred dollar tournament again. You probably don't want to go too different. Um, it's a lot like their kind of racing, which is now down to like two hundred and fifty dollar tournaments, and there's only like. 30 to what, 50 people playing them, there's yep. just not that many lineup com- combinations you're competing against. So you don't yep. want to go too out, uh, out there. Too out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very sound advice, Daryl. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck uh, for the rest of the, the Melbourne move and, and for Wildcard Weekend. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to discuss this earlier in the week, next week, if Moneyball can get their <laughs> uh, contest up on time. A couple of weeks ago, it was Draft Stars. They, they've picked up the slack and now Moneyball have let us down. Um, so unfortunately, we're here on a Friday night recording. So don't ever think we don't sacrifice uh, for you <laughs> DFS players and listeners here um, on the show. So we are, we are putting in the overtime here on a Friday evening. Uh, I would much prefer to be having beers, but uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Um, well, you can't complain too much. It's yep. always good to talk a bit of good iron on always. Friday night. What else can you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of time here after the show to uh, consume uh, beers. So uh, I'll definitely do that, and uh, we'll we'll speak <laughs> next week. Yes, see you next week. Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Um, and yes, look forward to chatting next week. Yep, and uh, we'll uh, have the show next week, the punt return next week, and the Wooten Wire show next week. Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening to DMS Down Under. Go
Room, check out all the best premium daily fantasy tools at fantasyinsider.com.au. You can also check out all the recommendations mentioned on today's podcast online at wootenwide.com. And make sure you follow each of the boys on Twitter at this is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow 